Today we've got Evan Schiller. Evan is an amazing golf photographer. He's the official photographer for Ben and Dunes and Pebble Beach. We are so excited to have him on and talk with him today. Enjoy. Here we go. So everyone, again, we're thrilled to have Evan Schiller of Evan Schiller Photography. We're big fans of Evan's. I first saw him on Facebook and then later on Instagram. He's got an amazing website. We'll talk about uh, later about how you can buy his photography. Uh, but Evan, I would say that a lot of your photography is literally jaw-dropping. Absolutely stunning. And we, we're we literally thrilled to have you today. Well, thank you, guys. Really appreciate you having me on. Thanks for being here. Going through your pictures, I, like Jess said, I mean, every single one um, just makes me say, wow, especially the ones with, you know, courses on a cliff and the angle that you can get. It's really amazing. Well, I'm lucky I get to go to some pretty nice places. Yeah. That, help. that helps. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's start at the beginning, Evan. How did you get into golf? Wow. Um, my father, he played a lot. He was a pretty avid golfer. Um, he didn't do it, you know, professionally or anything. He, I think at best he was a nine or 10 handicap. And my recollection is he would take me to the driving range, sometimes to the golf course, he even gave me my first lessons. Um, so he's the one who got me kickstarted, introducing me to it. Um, I have very vivid memories of going to the driving range with him, uh, even at night. Yeah. Um, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world because, you know, they'd have lights and the ball would take off and it would go through the dark and then all of a sudden hit the lights. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. You know, all of a sudden it would yeah. look like it would just light up yeah. in the air. And, um, yeah. And, you know, he took me on some golf trips and things like that. So that's how I got started really is because of him. But then you, you continued on. Did you play golf in college? I played, yeah, I played um, golf in high school. Actually I played, I was probably one point a better. I played junior tennis and junior golf. And at one point I was probably better at junior tennis player than I was a golfer. And when I was in high wow. school, I remember a couple, I met a couple guys on the golf team and they said, well, why don't you try out? And we played once and they said, you should come and, try out so I did I remember the, the coach watched me make a few swings I don't even know if I hit a few any balls he goes okay you're good <laughs> uh, so yeah I played high school golf and I played college golf at um, University of Miami yeah in Florida like uh, Woody Austin was on my team uh yeah and then I got out of college I, I turned professional I remember I went to tour school I played mini tours um yeah so I did the whole that's awesome you know, yeah did the whole thing. And I worked at a couple of clubs as an assistant. You, yeah. Were you at Westchester? Yeah. I worked at two clubs in Westchester. I worked at Quaker Ridge uh, for three years and I worked at Westchester for three years. Westchester country Excellent. club. Yep. Yeah. Did you stop playing tennis? I did. Oh, uh, that must've been I, tough. Yeah. Yes and no. Um, I didn't really give it a second thought, although recently in the last couple of years, I started playing again. Yeah. Um, it was, per you know, during COVID, it was perfect. It was easy. Do you still get to play a lot of golf though? I, I do. I haven't played as much in the last couple of years uh, because of, you know, travel, COVID. I played more yeah. tennis. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I definitely play. 
So how did you make the transition from golf pro to golf photographer? Well, it, um, it kind of, they both happened sort of at the same time. Well, I should say I was playing tournament golf and I remember going out to the California open. Um, it was in the uh, Palm Springs area in August and it was 120. I'd never been in play. I'd never been in temperatures that high in my life. And we played the Cal. I remember playing the California open at, um, uh, it was at the mountain course at La Quinta resort and, um, the Mission Hills course, uh, Mission Hills, uh, the dinosaur where they play the dinosaur now, the, uh, whatever it's right. called, disco, whatever it's called. Um, and somebody said, Hey, you know, you guys should go check out this new course that just opened up down the road in La Quinta. Uh, we were staying at the La Quinta resort and it happened to be the, uh, the stadium course at PJ West that Pete Dye just built it. It was the, you know, at that time it was the sister course, course to sawgrass because sawgrass i think it opened up a couple years before uh so we went out there and played there was nothing i mean nothing it was just the golf course i think they had some model homes but it was desert and a golf course and i remember walking down the ninth hole uh we hit our shots and it's this par four dog leg left around the lake and it had a sand trap running the length of the fairway and then the railroad ties, you know, the Pete Dye railroad ties that ran the yeah. whole. And the, it was a still, completely still morning. So there was a, and against the backdrop of this mountain, and there was a perfect reflection of the mountain in the water. Um, and incidentally, the hole is called reflection. And I looked at this and you didn't have phones at that time to take a picture. So I looked at this and said, wow, I wish I had a camera. It was so beautiful. So I went home and I bought a camera and I started taking it with me and taking photos of you know, courses, my friends, just for kicks. And I'd give the photos away. Uh, I would even hang them on my wall. I remember ha having, you know, all across the top of the wall, photos from all the golf courses I had played. Uh, and I had no thought or think, hopes of ever becoming a professional photographer at that time. I just liked taking photos. Uh, so when I... Yeah. kind of curtailed my tournament play and I started working as an assistant uh, at Westchester actually the same guy uh, Tom Patrick who's my buddy was who's the guy who was playing with me in in uh, at PJ West uh, when I went to work at Westchester he was there working with me as well he says you know why don't you sell some of these in the pro shop and I kind of laughed and I thought that was a big joke you know who's gonna buy these things right yeah so we put a few in the shop during the Buick Classic, which they used to have there. Uh, and I remember the first day, a few of them sold, to my surprise. So I had to go get more framed, and that's you know that's how it that's how it started. You know, then I did a couple more clubs in the area, and it just took off from there. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah wow. So the so business now is pretty big. Can What's you, that? So your business now is is pretty big, right? How long have you? Um, officially been um, a professional photographer? Uh, it's over 20 years now, I think. Yeah. Living the life. Yeah. Going to golf courses, amazing golf courses and taking Doesn't pictures. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's been, it's been a real, uh, a blessing. It, it just a, a real treat to be able to do it and go to these, 
you know, amazing places like, you know, Old Head, which is right behind you there. Um, yeah. Do, so do these places ask you to come take pictures? Yeah. Do some of them? And then. Yeah. yeah. All of, that's how I do all my shoots. I know. Uh, yeah. The courses will contact me uh, to come shoot. Um, you know, we have a back and forth about what they want. You know, some courses, they want all 18. Some just want collection and usually what they use them for is you know their website their marketing mm -hmm. social media uh things like that uh so yeah that's how that that's how the work comes i know some, there's a lot there's a lot of people who see my photos and they think i just run around taking pictures of golf courses. <laughs> yeah. it's not it's not because they see all my photos on you know they see i sell photos they see them on social media and they think I just run around taking, well, I do, but I'm hired to do it. Not, I don't, don't do it on my own, you know, like, okay, I want to go shoot this one, this one, and this one. And now it's based on yeah. who, hire, based who hires me. It's got to come with a free round, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. If time allows. Yeah. Well, you're the officially licensed photographer of Bandon Dunes in Pebble beach. That must be rewarding and exciting. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, there's a few, there's a couple, I'm not the only one, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a real treat to go to those places. In fact, I'm heading up to Bandon in about be uh, in a month, I'm heading back up there for a week. Yeah. Whenever you uh, get asked to go take pictures of East Lake uh, and you need a couple for your foursome, okay. uh, Jeff and I would be happy to assist. All right. You got it. I hope I get to go there someday. I've never been there. Um, you got some good ones down there. Yeah, I've got a friend that's. I've got a friend that's a member there, and uh, I've I've played it maybe ten times. It's, you know, spectacular. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how scenic it is. It's not as scenic as what, or at least in my, maybe in your mind's eye, it would be. There are some holes that would be captivating aesthetically, but right. it, it's not. I'm sure you could make it look even more captivating than, than <laughs> that's his job. That. That's his job. I hope he can. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who's been your biggest inspiration in photography? Have you had any, any people that have inspired you? Um, uh, let me think here. Um, yeah, there's, uh, there's a couple of guys. Um, there's a guy by the name of, he's not a golf course photographer, um, Christopher Burkett. He's done some, he does mostly landscapes, but I really appreciate his, he spends about a month or two of the year shooting. And then he spends the rest of the year in a lab pro producing prints. And he produces these incredible, um, incredible prints. Um, I have a few in the house. So it takes a lot of time to edit and make oh make them God. perfect. Yeah, there's a whole process he goes through to produce these prints that is just is off the charts. And uh, you take just as much time and effort as he does in editing. <laughs> well, in editing, yes. In printing, no, because I just I don't have the wherewithal or the facilities here. He has his whole house set up, you know, to do that, and he has the time. I mean, I I have a lab that produces my prints. I got gotcha. you. Uh, just. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not set up to do that. And my sister started out doing a little bit of photography just for couples and such, 
Um, yeah. And I'm not sure about that. <laughs> uh, that was my. Um, I can't say Alexa. the A word, but <laughs> don't say it again. She'll she'll announce again. Um, but it was the editing that really got her out of it. She didn't have enough time for that. But yeah, it's um, it's pretty time consuming. You know, I just um, you know, for every day I shoot, there's at least a day of editing. Um, you know, I just got back from a shoot in Hawaii for five days, and. Uh, I shot a lot of video and a lot of stills. And so I've got, um, I got a lot of work ahead of me. That might yeah. be at least uh, two weeks, at least two weeks of work. Um, to finish wow. that stuff. Yeah. So there's actually probably more time editing than there is shooting. If you figure, I mean, you figure yeah. the amount of time that I spend shooting because I don't shoot all day versus editing where editing could take all day. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. Right. What course were you at in Hawaii? Uh, it's on Maui, uh, McKenna. It's called McKenna yeah. Golf and Beach Club. It's um, It used to be a public course, and it was taken over um, by Discovery Land. I don't know if you're familiar with those guys. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they own a lot of really high-end properties, and they uh, anything they touch turns to gold. It's They have quite a what I call the Midas touch as far as taking these courses and just turning them into something really special. Now it's private. It's part of the, you know, the discovery land, you know, portfolio of courses. They have them all over, you know, all the United States, actually all over the world. Um, so I've, I've done some work for them along the way. So you, you just got back from Hawaii. You've traveled, you travel all over the world to shoot golf courses. What's your favorite place to shoot so far? Wow. Good question. Um, I love going to Bandon Dunes. You know, it's um, yeah, it's one of the best golf destinations on the planet, if not the best. Um, I love going there. Um, you know, Hawaii is pretty beautiful. I mean, it was just the weather was just great. Um, the course I was just at was amazing. I mean, the conditions were amazing. I love going to Ireland. Um, that's, uh, those trips are pretty, are pretty special too. Uh, so, you know, I have an affinity for, you know, links type golf, which, you know, obviously Bandon is and going to Ireland is, um, but I would say if I had to pick yeah. two places, it would, yeah, it would probably be those two places. Um, well, I mean, yeah. it's tough, you know, there's, uh, there's a place in the, in the Dominican Republic called Punta Spada, which I also love. Uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going there. Well, I'm going to the Dominican Republic on Saturday. Yeah. For vacation. And I'm not taking my clubs and as poorly as I'm playing recently, I don't think I'm going to, I was thinking I'll just rent some clubs down there. Um, eh, I think I'm going to pass. Yeah. <laughs> but what, you know, you mentioned banded dudes a moment ago. Yeah, And Hayden and I were talking before we joined uh, this call about the fifth hole at Bandon Dunes. That photograph you took is just absolutely amazing. Can you talk about the, and and again, I'm going to, we'll tell people to go there. It's just as an example, Evan, when you look at the photograph that you took that's behind me of Old Head in Ireland, the photograph at Bandon Dunes is completely different. 
This one's bathed in sunlight. The one at Bandon Dunes looks eerie. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's fantastic. Tell us about how you captured that that moment. Wow. Um, well, you know, part of it's luck, but part of it is just showing up. You know, I've had so it was a it was in the morning. It was as you could see, it was overcast, misty. The fog was, you know, the mist and the fog was rolling off the off the ocean. Um, so I went out there and I was just waiting. Um, had my rain suit on, uh, and I noticed on the horizon to the east there was a little break in the clouds, and I thought, well, maybe I'll get lucky. Um, you know, believe me, I had a lot of mornings where you know it was like that, and I got I got shut out. So you know, for every one that this happens, there's another eight or ten that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so I I launched the drone, and I flew it down towards the fourth green, just so I could get the whole hole in there. Um, but the golfers were coming down the fourth. They had a tournament. The golfers were coming down the fourth hole and i knew that you know once they got on five it was going to be tough for me to take any photos just because yeah. you know they'd be on the fourth green they'd be on a five and I, I don't like flying you know drawing people around so i launched it and i flew it back off the just off the cliffs i mean i was kind of just over the beach and waited because i knew that if the sun came out it may not it wouldn't last long if it did come out yeah. So I, my only hope was that my battery wouldn't run out <laughs> on the drone. You know, it lasts maybe 20, <laughs> 20, 20, 25 minutes. So I put a full battery, just hovered it there, hoping that the sun would come out and hoping it would do that before the golf. And I could hear the golfers coming and talking. Hey, dude, man, was that a drone? I could hear them talking about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the sun li literally broke through for maybe 30 seconds, I would say. And of those 30 seconds, you know, I probably got off wow. 10 or 12 frames um, shots, maybe a few more. I mean, it might have not even been 30 seconds. Uh, three of them, which were really good. Um, you know, the others, it was kind of, you know, the green, the fairway was in sun, but the green was in the, sh was in the shade. So uh, there was only a couple where the whole – the entire hole was lit with sun. Um, and that was it. <laughs> that was it for the morning. Got nothing else. Uh, so I just. What, you know, what, what percentage of your shots are taken with drones versus um, handheld? Uh, well, I shoot everything off a tripod. So, um, you know, once in a while I'll do a handheld. Uh -oh. When I shoot, it's off, always off a tripod. Um, yeah. A good majority of them now are, but a drone has really, um, we used to use lifts, you know, or cherry picker, you know, a thing that right. they used to trim the trees, you know, they drive it out on the course and, right. you know, sometimes it was a bucket truck. So they parked the truck on the path and you, they, you'd go up in the boom and they swing you out yeah. uh, or they had these things you would pull with, a, you know, the one of those John Deere gators and then you know you'd stop it and you'd have to put the legs down and you go up uh, that was really time consuming so 
the drone has really replaced those. So I'll even shoot, you know, with, instead of using that, you know, like sometimes with those things, you'd only go up 15, 20 feet, 10 feet sometimes. Um, yeah. So sometimes I'll only take the drone up 10 feet if I, you know, if it seems appropriate or maybe 15 feet. Uh, sometimes it's appropriate to go up 50 feet. So I would say probably, you know, 80% of the shots now are with a drone, but they're from various heights. Um, you know, where I used to shoot with a, you know, regular DSL, DSLR camera from a lift, I use a drone now instead. Um, yeah. So it's been a real game changer. Because it can go where, you know, well, you, you, you're, limited. you're always limited where you can take the lift or the butt bucket truck. Like that shot right, of Bandon Dunes. Right. I could have never got that shot of Bandon Dunes with a cherry picker or a lift. Um, I, that photo yeah. behind you was taken off the back deck, the back patio of the clubhouse at Old Head off a tripod. So that was not yeah. taken. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think, you know, the other, well, I've got so many questions for you, but the, the idea is that a lot of people have taken photographs at Old Head. Right. And, uh, and of these iconic properties you go to, how do you make yours stand out? Because a lot of people go to the exact same spot, take a very similar photograph, and you're taking what appear to be really, you well, I shouldn't say appear to be, they are very unique photographs um yeah <laughs> uh he didn't want to tell us his secret in yeah, case the other guys are listening yeah i know um so i had a uh i never i never took a photography class in my life um but i did have one photographer who was a friend of mine he said he says, I'm not going to tell you anything, but I'll tell you this one thing. He says, you know, as a photographer, you're responsible for everything in that frame. Make it interesting. Basically, what wow. he's saying is not just the center of the frame. Because, you know, lots of times when people take a photo, all they, they look at the middle of the frame. They don't take into account, you know, lower right, lower left, upper right, upper left. So, uh, so basically talking about composition, you know, so composing the photo so it looks nice, it flows nice. Um, you know, I have like when people take photos of a golf course and they'll cut off part, now cut off part of a green or cut off part of a bunker when they could have included. Now, sometimes it's not possible, but I just try to, first of all, compose it so everything just flows or looks nice. Um, you know, a lot of it, you know, my job is really, I'm at the mercy of the weather. I am. And so sometimes you can get, you know, you could have a beautiful clear day and take a photo and it's nice. And then the next day you get some really interesting cloud formations or like abandoned dunes, you know, you get a overcast misty day and, you know, the sun comes out for a few seconds and you get this amazing shot and you go back the next day and it's a beautiful sunny morning. You take the same exact angle. It would never have the dramatic effect that the one that you caught on that. So, you know, a lot of it has to do with light, the time of day. Um, you know, I, when I go to a golf course, I scout it a lot just so I know where I want to be at certain times, certain angles. Um, and then also, you know, from doing this a long time, you get a sense of, okay, well this, 
this hole might look really great just be just right after sunrise or right before sunset. So a lot of it's, you know, capturing the hole in the optimal light or light that, you know, just, you know, the shadows look nice. The whole thing looks nice. So yeah. that's a lot. Well, of for it. you, timing is everything, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. So that was interesting. You, you said that you time it, um, you, you scout out the course. So yeah. when you travel somewhere, is your first couple hours or first day just kind of planning your day out, your, your shooting day out? Well, I usually, let's say, um, let's say I got a shoot that starts tomorrow in uh, Arizona, just for, right? I would make it a point to get there early enough in the day. I'd probably have to leave the East Coast really early. I leave early enough in the day so that I could get there in time to, excuse me, scout the course and hopefully have enough time to shoot. Um, because in the scout, you know, just looking, you know, scouting the course to learn the layout because I want to be able to get around as efficiently as possible. So, you know, there's always, so you learn the course and there's always a little shortcuts and just knowing how to yeah. get, okay, if I'm on the fifth hole, how do I get to 17 as quick as possible? Or if I'm on six, how do I get to, you know, 13 as quick as possible? And there's little shortcuts sometimes and, uh, okay, well, I want to shoot uh, these holes. I think I want to shoot these holes in the morning and these holes in the afternoon. And if I have the chance to shoot that afternoon, right, certain holes, I see, okay, well, I see what the light looks like on these holes in the afternoon. Um, and then I think, well, I think I want to shoot these in the morning. And then I get to see what those, hole, those holes, maybe yeah. other holes look like in the morning. And then from there, I know, okay, the next day, well, that one wasn't as great in the afternoon as I thought. Maybe I'll try it in the, in the morning. So it's it's a whole learning process. But in, in some of it's guessing, but it's an educated guess from doing this for, you know, a lot of years. You know, like this shoot I just did in Hawaii. Getting to Hawaii from the East Coast and getting there in time to scout is impossible because it's just, you know, you get there at night. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I got to go out I got to go out the next morning kind of cold. I remember, you know, I'd been to McKenna a number of years ago. So I had, I remember some of it, but so I got up super early. Um, but I also talked to the superintendent, right. Um, because they're out there working and, you know, I, we agreed that he was going to go out early and prep some of the holes that I thought I wanted to shoot. So his guys went out early, like 5.00 AM and mowed like four holes. Uh, and I got out there super early just to scout to see, okay, well, this one might look good and the sun comes up. Um, so there's, there's scouting, there's talk, you know, there's, I got to work with the superintendent, um, you know, cause sometimes they'll go out and pre prepare the hole before I shoot, like go out, mow, rake bunkers, um, yeah. but do it in such a way that, you know, they don't leave tracks in the dew. So, cause that doesn't look good. Yeah, so sure. a lot of it's part of the scouting is so that I can go back not only for myself, but I can go to the superintendent and say, Hey, uh, I want to shoot these holes in the morning. What do you think? He goes, okay, I'll, you know what? I think I can mow, I can mow out three of them. Uh, and, or he'll say, listen, I don't know if I can do that. We'll just leave them alone. <laughs> you know, we'll go to rake bunkers yeah. and I'll have my, I'll have my guys stay off. So they don't make any tracks. So, you know, they have a couple of guys go out and rake bunkers, but stay off the grass. So they don't drive and make tracks and they do. So there's scouting, but it's also coordinating with the 
superintendent. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because you don't want to get so out. So I, I, I noticed Evan that there there are never any people in your photographs. So how, how do you arrange that? That I mean, you talked about it abandoned dunes. How you had to take a right. take the photographs quickly because you could hear them coming. But are there instances where the course is shut down a couple of holes so that you can take photographs or how do how do you, you do it? So there's nobody. Uh, well, I just, I have a gun, so I just come in. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Hide um, the body. Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of times when I'm shooting, um, I'm going out pretty early in the morning. Um, I'm ahead of golf, generally speaking. Yeah. Uh, not always, you know, but like on this last shoot, I was, you know, I'd be out ahead of golf with the exception. There was one day, you know, a couple of golfers come by. Um, generally in the afternoon is when it's more challenging with regard to golfers. Um, so sometimes I just have to work around them, um, which also, you know, knowing golf, like I'm, when I'm out there shooting, knowing where the golfers are is important because I'll say, okay, there's right. a group on five and there's a group on seven, six is open. Okay. I can go shoot six now. And then after that group on five goes to six, I can go shoot five. Um, so you got to jockey around the golfers and, you know, sometimes you can't always do it. So you take it, you know, you take a shot with the golfers in it, you know, if they're in the fairway, it's easy enough to edit them out. Um, I've even gone so far as to ask them, could you wait a second while I take a few shots? Um, once in a while, a bit of course, and they'll block, they'll block tee times like, yeah. in the morning. They'll do like, instead of, that's why I always ask them, what's the first tee time? I'll always I'll say, what's the first tee time? And they'll say 7 a.m. I said, well, is there anybody teeing off at 7 a.m.? Well, no, the first tee time's not till 7.30. And then, you know, sometimes they'll block them. Like, well, we blocked the first hour so nobody can tee off till 8. I said, okay, well, that's good. That helps. And then we cut off. Nobody can play after 4. Or so tee off at some. Sometimes they do that. It's the exception, not the rule. Yeah. It makes life easier, especially if it's a really crowded golf course. That's when it gets tough. Right, right. Well, you you mentioned you, you've I, I shouldn't say you mentioned in going through your website you've shot at some of the most iconic courses in Scotland like the old course, Kings yeah. Barnes, the Castle Course, Royal Aberdeen, Cruden Bay, Royal right. Dornoch. What's your favorite Scottish course, or what's the favorite experience you've had shooting in in Scotland? I Scotland. I love Dornick. Yeah. I really liked it. Uh, there was something really magical about that place. And I had some really uh, dramatic weather. You know, I, I, you know, a lot of it was overcast. I didn't get a lot of rain, but it was a lot of overcast. And there was a couple of mornings where it was overcast and the sun broke out for a few seconds. And so I got some, you know, pretty dramatic shots there. Um, I just liked the whole place. And I, I love the drive up there. I mean, it's way up there. I love the drive through the headlands. And uh, the, the time of year we went, the um, heather was blooming all over. So you were driving and there was this hillsides just covered with it, um, which, was, which was really beautiful. Yeah, um, I, I, I remember the, I don't, I don't know how many photos, I remember one particular photograph you took of Royal Dornock. And, this, and the sky was kind of an eerie blue. 
Yeah. And there was a great shadow cast across the fairway. I'm yeah. looking at it right now. <laughs> Actually, it's hanging. I have it in my house hanging up. It's one yeah. of my favorites. It's really yeah, cool. It used to, it used to be right on that wall, but we moved it upstairs. <laughs> yeah. That's one that's, of my, that was the, so that shot, I was, I knew I wanted to get that hole and it was a cloudy day and I was with my wife and we were all the way on the other side of the golf course. And I, it was a similar thing to band and dunes. I thought, Oh my God, the sun's going to come out. So we raced, raced back across the course to get to that spot. That's awesome. And it came out for a minute, maybe. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the course that I belong to is you're driving up through Scotland to Inverness. And if you were going to Doorknock, you'd continue kind of due north. But right. in Inverness, you'd make a right and go over to uh, at my golf course is called Murray Golf Club. It's in Lossie Mouth. It's, it was Tom, uh, old Tom Morris laid it out in 1889. It's one of those old classic links courses. Not as, not quite as dramatic as, uh, Royal Dornock, but like Old Head, we do have a lighthouse at the end of the property, which is yeah. dramatic. And and if if I wasn't on with you, my typical background is that a, a shot from our clubhouse out nice. at sunset. It's beautiful. But so in Ireland, again, you've been to some of the most iconic courses there. You've been to the old course at Ballybunion, Tralee, Dunbeg. Um, Royal Port Rush, Port Stewart, Rossapenna, which is a favorite of ours, um, Waterville. And you, you've also been to Hogshead, which is kind of new or relatively new for Ireland. And not many people know about it. Um, yeah. What's your favorite course to shoot in Ireland? Well, Hogshead used to be Skellig Bay. So it's, you know, the, the, there was always a golf course there. They just... Yeah. You know, well, uh, Royal County Down. Um, you know, yeah. I first time I played Royal County Down was probably, wow, 25 years ago, I want to say. Yeah. And it was my favorite course then, and it still is today. That wow. Cy- that Your favorite Cy- of all golf courses? That and Cypress Point um, and um, Fisher's Island. I'd say those three. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was – it's just, yeah, it's an amazing place. I was, I just remember the first time I played it, I was, my draw was hitting the ground. We had just come from Bally Bunyan. I had played a golf tournament at Bally Bunyan. And again, somebody said, you need to go up to, if you like Bally Bunyan, you need to go up and play this course up there. And they said, well, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's quite a drive from here. I said, oh, God, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, my buddy and I drove up there and uh, we played, Royal County down in Port Rush. Um, tell you what, if I had, if I only had those two courses to play for the rest of my life, I'd be happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know. Well, a while back. Yeah, those would be two. You can't go wrong with those two. One of the, uh, we don't like the term hidden gem. We we use the term diamond in the rough. Okay. And you've been to Rasa Pena. Yep. And you did, I think you photographed the Sandy Hills links there. Yep. Um, we had John Casey, one of the owners of Rossapena, yeah. on this podcast a while ago. You know, they've opened a third course called St. Patrick's. Yep. 
Tom Doak did it, right? Yeah. I think you, Tom. Yeah. You need yeah. to get a commission there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I'm that sure. would be a great place. Oh, I, you know what? I, I loved it up there. That and, um, um, oh God, I'm spacing out now. Oh, it'll come to me. The, I love that just off the beaten path kind of, and the ruggedness of the land up there was just, I loved it. We took a, um, I remember going past the club and down this road and there was all these little houses and the land was just so, the ruggedness of the land was so beautiful. We just loved it. Yeah. yeah it was really. Well, there's a place in Scotland that you need to see and it's called Dunbarney Links. Have you heard of that? I was yep. just about to say that. Yep. I, yeah, been- I played that. I, I played there. I was one of the first Americans fort- fortunate enough to play there. And your your comment about how you felt at Royal County Down, that's how I felt there. Every time you turn the corner away from towards a new tee box, you're, you were just like, wow. Yeah. Every every hole, you, yeah. it's like, wow. It is a gorgeous place. Um, yeah, that would be a good so one. So what's the see. most unusual place you've had to shoot? I'm sorry. Most unusual. Um, wow. Hmm. Good question. I'm trying to think. Um yeah, nothing is jumping, coming to mind. Um, I mean, there's been some challenging places to shoot because of the background. You know, there's, I don't know, buildings or wires or stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Backgrounds, you know, so that makes it, I guess, unusual. Um, yeah, it'll come to me. <laughs> Okay. Well, I've got another question. This is an important one. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there are going to be a lot of golfers watching this, right? Right. And our, our, our whole thing is to get them to buy your photography, right? Well, that's what we want them to do. But yeah, yeah. in addition to that, you're an expert photographer. For all these people that go over to the British Isles to play golf, what tips do you have on how they can take better photographs with their with their iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's a good question. So um, it goes back to what I, part of it goes back to what I said about my friend who was a photographer and what he said to me, he goes, you're responsible for everything in the frame, make it interesting. So one of the things that you have to take into account is the camera, whether it's a, just a regular DSLR or your phone, doesn't see things the way your eye does. Your eye sees in three dimensions. But also when you're looking out, you don't realize it, but you're interpreting things, right? Yeah. Um, if that makes any sense. You're interpreting, so you're, you know, you're looking out, but you're also evaluating and you know, you're judging it and you're making up stories about it. And the photo doesn't do that. So in other words, if you're standing in the middle of a fairway and you're looking out at the green, right? Your eye is 
looking down towards the green, right? You may not necessarily see the fairway right in front of you, you know, unless you look down. So your, right. your eye takes into account what's out there ahead of you. However, if you stand there and take a photo, right, that green is going to look like a P. And your fairway right. is going to take up all the frame, right? Right. Because it's there in the foreground. And you may not necessarily see that as you're standing in the fairway, even though it's, it's you know, it's there. But it also, you're taking a three-dimensional object or experience and you're putting it onto a flat screen and you're taking something that's life-size and putting it onto a screen that however big your phone is two and a half by five or whatever it is three by five less than that um so you have to take that into account so how do you combat that or how do you get around that um get elevation if you can in other words crawl in the back of the cart crawl on a mound get up on a hill um, have something interesting in the foreground rather than just a fairway. Because you stand in the middle of the fairway and take a photo, I guarantee you probably half the photo is going to be fairway or 40% of the fair photo is going to be fairway, 40% is going to be sky, and 20% is going to be, you know, what you really want to take a photo of. <laughs> so yeah. by getting up in the air a little bit of getting elevation, you can reduce that. Um, you know, the other thing you can do is, when you, um, you can zoom in, you know, I wouldn't do it when you take the photo, but you can always crop it afterwards yeah. and then, you know, crop into what you really want to take. Like this photo here, I was the one of old head. I was, you know, I was on the ground, but I was on the back patio, which is elevated. And I did zoom in a little bit. Yeah. Um, Cause there was a lot of foreground that I didn't necessarily want. So, you know, it's looking through that, phone or camera or whatever and just you know assessing the assessing the frame okay well how much of it is sky how much of it is fairway how much is it of it is what you really want to take a photo of yeah yeah well i the idea of bringing something interesting in the foreground i remember uh, more than 20 years ago i was in ireland at enniscrone which is on the west coast and it was very dramatic dunes and they had this tall wispy grass and I kind of laid down in the grass and mm -hmm. raised my camera up looking down at a, at, at right. uh, a green, yep. but you had wisps of grass sticking up yep. and it, it made it a unique photograph because everyone else would have been doing what you suggested, or I mean, you know, standing in the middle of the fairway, this gave, it was a very dramatic photograph. Yeah. That's why even, you know, even if, let's say you were in the middle of a fairway, getting up on a cart, the back of a cart, I don't know if the club wants you to do that, but, um, you know, right. you know, even like, that's why when I take photos, even getting up 10 feet makes a huge difference because all of a sudden now I can see, I can see things like sand, I can see bunkers or I can see undulations in the fairway that I may not be able to see from ground level. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So you've played a lot of golf and you're not, you said you're playing a little bit now, right? You still get to play some. Yes. Do you have anything left on your golfing bucket list? Any courses that you haven't gotten to play that you want to? Yeah. Um, Sand Hills, Nebraska. Okay. Gordon Crimmage yeah. 
you know, probably the best modern, you know, probably the best course built after 1950, best modern day course, I would say. Um, and uh, New Zealand, Aust uh, Australia, New Zealand, you know, the course is in the same. You haven't been there yet? I haven't been there yet. Nope. Yeah. Horses in the sand belt um, and the New Zealand, you know, like uh, kidnappers, Kari Cliffs. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cape Wickham. Those, yeah. yeah. Those, those, that's on, that's probably high. And that, those are the high one. Those are on the high on the list. Yeah. Um, trying to think of so that. how can, tell people how they can buy your photography. Uh, well, I have, there's a, store on my website, evanschillerphotography.com. Uh, they can purchase prints there um, from a lot of different courses and different, I'm printed on different mediums. You know, there's, uh, there's metal, there's canvas, there's just, you know, regular photographic prints. And then there's also this other print that my lab does is called an epic metal print, which is to spare you all the technical mumbo jumbo it's um printed on a very high definition printer on a special uh it's paper called fuji flex paper which almost looks like it almost looks like glass and then they mount it on metal and it's it's pretty sweet i yeah. actually have one two i have three of them i had that photo of abandoned dunes i have a 30 by 40 print of it on an epic print hanging right over there <laughs> Yeah, I saw wow. some reviews um, of people saying that they got that one and that yes. it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I have that one. I have one of the sheep ranch I took. And so yeah, they're they're really beautiful. Like them a lot. So yeah, excellent. So people and they can people can follow you on. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Evan. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. I can say what I got to say later. I was. I was going to say they people can follow you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They need they have to go visit your website. It's the place to be for golf photography. Yeah, the um, yeah, I'm probably most active on Instagram. You know, it's I mean, when it originally came out, it was built for for photography. I mean, it's changed a little bit over the years, right. but yeah, it's probably the the best medium for photography. Yeah. yeah, for sure. We'll so, have yeah. uh, all that on the our social media when we post this out. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate you coming on. Um, I really enjoyed looking through your artwork and uh, hope to see lots more and the courses that oh. you uh, want to get to. Maybe yeah. some Australian courses. Yeah, I hope so someday. Um, I don't know if it's going to be this year or next or. You know, well, I know it's, you know, our summer is their winter. So it would probably be in the winter or something that I'd go down there. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's, uh, I got some pretty nice places I'm going to this year. Yeah. That's um, great. Yeah. Well, Evan, thanks for being with us. Oh, we, we can't wait to promote your business. And hopefully uh, all of our viewers and listeners are going to buy a lot of your prints. So thanks for being here. That would be nice. Let, let's Thank you so much to Evan again for coming on with us. Uh, we're going to put his website uh, in the description on the social media and the podcast pages so you can go in and buy his photography, get it framed. Um, they're amazing. Just go look at the reviews 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with, with your friends and family. And we'll see you next week.